It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 today. I titled this message, No More Shame, and we're talking about service. Been talking about that for several weeks. And I'm going to read the first 16 verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. That means some people do handle the word of God deceitfully. He said, but we don't. But by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to everyone's, every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the Lord, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believed and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus and present us with him. For all things are for your sake, the grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, that we know that your word is anointed by God. Lord, it's uh, the only thing that's higher, been lifted up higher than your name is the word. And so, Father, your word is truth. And, Lord, we need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today. So, Lord, we just try to put off every distraction today, Father, and we just hone into the voice of the Lord that you would speak to us and deliver us from whatever it is that's holding us back today. So, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, for you are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have been every week reviewing with you the last few um, sermons so that you, so that these truths are building in your life. And I felt very clearly that the Lord says, don't do that this week. Don't review this week. And I, and I thought, oh, okay. And then he gave me this statement. Here is what I want you to. So it is a type of review, but it's like three sentences. And so I told you at the very beginning, when we started this church 12 years ago, the vision for this church was very clear. God spoke that to me, that his house would be called the house of prayer. And that we were to love people and love God. 
We were to preach the word and reach the lost. That was the mandate of the Lord to us. And that's called a vision statement, but I never had a mission statement. And the Lord has just never given me the mission statement of the church. So we just went with the vision. And so the a mission statement is how are you going to complete the vision? And so as I listen to the Lord, and it wasn't word for word, I'm not trying to say he dictated this to me, but I just felt impressed. I just began to write what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And as after I wrote this down, I thought, Lord, you just gave me the mission statement for the church. After 12 years, finally, thank you, Jesus, you know. And so you'll put this on the screen, but I want you to see how clearly the Lord is articulating his word to us as a body so that we will do the vision of the Lord. He said this, we are called by God to be an outwardly focused body of believers. Inwardly, we are prepared to serve as people come. Our mindset is one of love, putting others first, not self-promotion. Each person is gifted by the Holy Spirit to serve and carry the light of Jesus into a sick and dying world. And I say, yay and amen, right? That is what the Lord has called this church to be um, and to do. I've divided the church basically into, in my mind, into four boxes And so being a preacher, we always try to come up with clever things. So I've started each one of them with P. And so the very first one is proclaimers. And proclaimers are our teachers, our youth leaders, children's church leaders, discipleship classes, men and women's, um, and our music department. And some would say, why does the music department part of the proclaiming? Because they're preaching the word of God in music. You know, there's something about music. First of all, you need to listen to me real closely. God gave us music. And God also gave us dance. Now, the church is not real into that. But David danced before the Lord. It's a type of worship. Now, what's happened is we've allowed the world to steal it and pervert it. And so it really matters what you listen to. If you just have a habit of turning your radio on the country station and driving down the road, I just pray that the Holy Spirit reveals to you the amount of death that you are listening to. So there is something about our spirit and music that God connects. So when we sing these songs, and that encouragement today was to do more than sing, it was to worship, right? We can, we can lift up our voices about a team, about a team sport. We can get real excited. The most excitement that we ought to face in any given week is when we come together to worship. I'm serious, folks. This, this is a preview to heaven. And for those of you that think church should be quiet, you're going to be really surprised when you get to heaven. <laughs> Because heaven will not be a quiet place. It's going to be loud because people are going to be lifting their voice in worship. All the all the time. There's really no day or night. But the, continuously, the voices are going to be lifted to God. So those are the proclaimers. Those are people that are called the pastor to teach. Um, then we have practical services, which is their, our helps ministry. And so... 
These are our Marthas in the church. Got any Marthas in the church? Are you guys with me today? <laughs> our Marthas, you know the story, Mary and Martha. Martha was a wonderful woman who loved Jesus with all of her heart, who wanted to serve Jesus, but she, she got, she got it out of order. She got her work over her, her worship. And the Lord corrected her. He didn't quit loving her. He absolutely loved her enough to correct her. So the admonishment to the helps ministry is make sure worship comes before works. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. That's a good word from the Lord. Amen. Uh, so, but we have a, <laughs> we have a, we have, this is really, this is really the ministry that keeps the church going. This is the one that you come in and the church is clean and coffee is being served and this commu- this um, baptismal is full of warm water. I didn't do any of that. It's the helps ministry that comes alongside of us. So I've said, and this is not all of it, but it's the audiovisual. The reason you can sing that song is because he keeps those words right up there where you can worship together. Um, the coffee bar, the maintenance. The guys come out and mow our yard all summer long. Somebody was out this week to mow and just chop up the leaves. We don't pay them a dime. They even buy their own gas. Now that's just a real ministry because people picked up the ministry and, and wanted to serve. Um, greeters, ushers, the safety team. There's a group of, of men, I think men and women, who are meeting together and they just want to keep you safe while you're here. And that means more than carrying a, a weapon. It means if someone has a medical need, they're here to help you. Whatever the need is, they want to make sure that you are safe while we worship together. There's a um, proselyte or evangelist. It's the closest P word I could get to it. And it's missions. It's outreach. It's the evangelist in the building. And all of us are to do the work of, the, of an evangelist. It's the one that we are, are working on more. We're getting a lot of people that come through our doors and, and come and be a part of us. And we're not doing a really good job of, of going back to them and reaching them and saying, how can we help you? And what is it that you need? Can we serve you in any way? So this is a, a box that we're going to be working more on. And then the last one is pastoral care. And that's more than me. That's you. Actually, my job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. Pastoral care is pastors, but it's people that love people. It's your mercy people. It's the ones that want to go check on people when they're not here because you're concerned with them. Um, so we're calling pastors, exhorters, encouragers. This is your box, the pastoral care. And you're going to hear a lot more about that in the, in the next few weeks. So I, I want to, in taking this text, I want you to notice the very first word, therefore. When you see the word therefore in scripture, he is not starting a new topic. He is reaching back and grabbing that context and pulling it in and saying, don't forget chapter three because chapter four is tied to chapter three. 
Right? That's what he's saying. So he says, therefore, he says, since we have this ministry, uh, in chapter 3, verse 8, he says, we've been given a ministry of the Spirit. I, I think if I have a word from the Lord, it's this. The ministry is not about you. It's about the Spirit of the Lord. We, it's the ministry of the Spirit. Do you realize that we are, we are people of the Spirit? What you heard today was of the Spirit. Right? The Spirit interjected a thought into the service because we needed to hear it. Folks, we're people of the Spirit. But when you get to serving the Lord, sometimes you get discouraged because it seems like it's all about me and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Just like I was doing on the front row. Well, I got baptisms, I got communion, I got this. I got so many things that are going through my mind and it was weighing me down from getting into what's really important. Worshiping Jesus, right? Because if I lift Him up, it's His job to draw all men near. He says, therefore, since you have this ministry, this ministry of the Spirit, in chapter 5, verse 18, He calls it the ministry of reconciliation. That we are ambassadors. That's why we are an outward-focused church. Because God did not listen. God did not call people to get saved and set their tail in a, in a pew for the rest of their life. God says, okay, I'm going to do something in you. I, Paul wrote about a mystery. He said, one of the mysteries of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, folks, we've been sitting in the house saying, bring them in, Lord, bring them in. When the Word of God says, no, go get them. The fields are ripe into harvest. So we must be outwardly focused. This is the day, and I believe, very close to the coming of the Lord. And we need to get everybody saved that can be saved. Thank you for your enthusiasm. If that was your son and your daughter, you'd be enthusiastic. He says this, and this sort of blew my mind. He said, this ministry is given to us by the mercy of God. And I did not understand that. He used the wrong word. He should have said grace of God. No. There are no mistakes in the Word of God. See, mercy is, in my mind, it's not getting what we do deserve. But God says that we have been given this gift, this ministry, by God's mercy. In other words, it ain't about you. It really is always supposed to be about Him. And so when you get to thinking that you're all that in a bag of chips, and I can do, you're way off base. See, God will call you into a ministry that I promise you, you will not feel capable. You will not think, you'll think, oh God, I can't do that. And you're right, you cannot do it. And He does not want you to think that you can do it on your own. The Bible says in in your weakness, He is made strong. So the more you feel vulnerable, the more you'll lean on Him so that He shines and you don't. There's been way too much of us shining and us trying to build our own little kingdom on this earth. We're not building the kingdom of Bridge of Hope Church. 
We're building the kingdom of Jesus Christ and Him alone. It's easy to get discouraged as you begin to work. And so He's admonishing us not to be discouraged. I told my Sunday school class today, you need to know that you know that you know what God has called you to do. And don't do it until God calls you into it. That's a word from the Lord. See, a lot of us have good ideas. I I can't tell you how many people come to my door with a good idea. Pastor, we need to do this. It's my job to differentiate between a good ideal and a God idea. God, do you want us to do that? Because if the Lord doesn't speak it, then we're going to get out there sometime and we're going to find out we're in the wrong spot. I, I, I didn't start pastor until I was 50 years old. I, some people think I had a midlife crisis. <laughs> Maybe so, I'm not for sure. I started serving Jesus when I was seven. So I've always walked with Him. But I really couldn't understand, Lord, why now? Why are you doing this? But I can tell you what, I can tell you, I can take you back to actually the spot where I know the Lord spoke to me and said, this is what I want you to do. I was sitting in church one time and the Lord said this, and this is, I knew it was God because I don't talk this way. He said, there's a church in your loins. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't see a church in my loins. But I knew immediately that had to be the, because nobody talks like that anymore. Right? But I knew it was God. In other words, God was going to birth something. And that's when, right after that is when we birthed the church. Or God birthed the church through us. And so, when discouragement comes, you have to be able to go back to a place in your mind where you remember He told you. See, if you can't, that discouragement will take you out of the game. But if you can go back to the place where God told me to do this, and I said yes, it wasn't my plan, it was His plan. So it's not my will, it's His will. It's not my bill, it's His bill. So even when discouragement comes, and it will come, you rest in the calling of God that He's the one that said go. He's the one that said, you need to do this. And folks, if you're still wrestling with the idea that God speaks to people, I don't know how to help you with that. But God is a speaking God. God still talks. God talks largely through His Word, but God will speak to your heart. The reason that you may not be hearing God is because there's too much other noise in your life. Woo, that's good preaching, brother. So you're going to have to silence all the other noise and all the other voices if you really want to hear Him. And then when you pray, don't tell Him what you want. Don't tell Him how to answer your prayer requests. You go before the Lord and you say, God, I am willing to to do whatever You've called me to do. What do You want to talk about to me, Lord? Don't say, well, God... I'm thinking about leading songs. 
Well, brother, you can't sing. That's going to be a problem. You get what I'm saying? We oftentimes we pray, and really it's not even a prayer. You're just telling God what you want and how to fix your problem because you're so smart. Rather than humbling yourself and saying, God, I don't want to say anything out of line, but I love it when people come to me and say, I'm a broken mess. And I'm asking you to, I'm asking God to heal me. That's humility. And buddy, I have all faith in the world that when we humble ourselves, God gets busy and goes to work. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, he goes on and he says that we must renounce the disgraceful ways and shameful ways, the thoughts, the feelings, and desires. As you begin to venture on your journey with God, there will be a time of repentance. Listen very closely. And it will never stop. You will walk in repentance all your life. The Bible says in John, 1 John 1, 9, if you sin. It doesn't say when you sin. It says if you sin, meaning you have a choice. You have an advocate with the Father. So we walk in this, this attitude of repentance all the time so that the, the Spirit of the Lord is flowing through us. But there, in the body of Christ right now, it seems like there is a teaching that is saying it doesn't matter how you live. Any old life is fine. God will anoint it. That's not true. It's straight from the pit of hell, actually. God requires us to be holy. Holy does not mean perfect. It means called out, separated from this world separated in your mind, your body, uh, and your spirit, separated. We're, we do not think like the people of this world anymore. God is changing the way we think. So we renounce the things that we used to do. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, I love this because oftentimes when the Bible is speaking to us, he says, you were in the darkness. But in Ephesians 5, 8, he says, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say you were in the darkness. He says, you are the darkness. You are the darkness. When you walk in the room, the room got dark until Jesus came in. And when you repented of your sin, He put His Holy Spirit inside of you. And the light that shines in Jesus now shines in you. So that it's not about you, it's all about Him. But we must keep these things in order. And we must... So, am I preaching perfectionism? Absolutely not. You're going to make mistakes. Here's my word. Be quick to repent. Be quick to repent. Get it out of your heart. 
get it out of your life. He goes on, he says that the gospel is veiled to someone. And I preached this a couple of weeks ago, that Satan has this world blinded. They just don't see. And we get mad at people in the world because they don't see, but we would not do that in the physical arena. We would not get mad at a blind person because they're walking down the aisle so slow. Or, you know, no, what we would do is go ahead of them and we would move the chairs back and we would open the doors and we would try to help that blind person get, do whatever they're wanting to do, right? Is that, you wouldn't even do that? <laughs> you would do that, right? So why not do that with unsaved people? See, unsaved people have been blinded by Satan. They don't see it. They don't see that they're in sin. They don't see that that, that Satan is Lord of their life. And he's the one leading them. And so what if we go out and they don't hear? What if we go out proclaiming Jesus and they don't listen to us? It's not a rejection of you. It's a rejection of Him because they're blind. So what does what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pray for them. Ask the Lord to bring that veil down so that they can... If your son or your daughter or somebody in your family member is not serving Jesus right now, maybe they're a prodigal right now, you can get mad at them, but your anger is not going to work the righteousness of God. The Bible says that you should pray for them, right? Pray that their mind would be open. The Bible says in the story of the prodigal son that he came to his senses. Well, how did that happen? I believe it happened because the Spirit of God was drawing him, right? You need to get back into your father's house. I just looked at the time and now I know why you're having trouble. Um, Just give me a few minutes. So we're not preaching ourselves. We're preaching Christ. Um, And this one verse really, to me, brings it down. He says, but we have this treasure in this earthen vessel. The earthen vessel that he's talking about is you. Some of the other versions will say in this fragile clay pot. And that's you. This body is fragile. Paul goes on and he says... This body is being, is suffering. He, he even says this. This body is dying. And it is. And the older you get, and the more you walk in this life, this body is dying physically, but it also should be dying to self. Right? So that Jesus is living in you. So that the, so that He gets the glory. Not you. So that when people look and hear the message that you're bringing, they don't see that you're saying, look at me. Do you see how wonderful I am? You see how great I am? You should be like me. Well, that would make me barf, right? And it makes the world sick. It ain't about us. See, we... Uh, we I love what God is doing in Tevin's life. That's why I wanted him to come up and share hope. If there's anybody that knows what hope is, Tevin does. Two years sober, I said that last year. That's wonderful. So he now has hope. 
You know what I find? Addicts, former addicts, realize it. Some of us don't. Some of you people that grew up on the church pew, you don't realize how sick you were. You don't realize that you need a deliverance as much as the former addict. We need to deliver from pride and self, legalism, judgment. Right? I heard a pastor Thursday night, he said, I'm a recovering legalist. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's brilliant. He's like four generations preachers. He said, at nine years old, I could walk down the street and tell you they're right with God and they're going to hell. And, they're... and I'm like, oh my. Because I saw myself in that a little bit. And I thought, oh dear God, help us, help us, help us. It's not right for a man to judge another man's servant. It's what Scripture says. God's the judge. We have been included in this thing, not in the judgment side, in the loving side. See, it's, it's my privilege. Uh, folks, it's the greatest privilege in all the world to stand before you and open a book of life and get to proclaim words of life to you so that seeds of the Spirit are going out. And if you'll receive them, something will grow inside of you. Right? It's God. It's God. What I'm trying to say is we have this treasure in earth and vessels. In other words, we've been counted worthy to share in the ministry of Jesus. I'm glad that excites you. <laughs> I, I don't know why. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. And he says, he gives us examples of, of, of all the things that he's gone through. If you'll, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I believe it is, he says that he was, had stripes five times. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned one time and left for dead. And one time he was shipwrecked. We get upset just because somebody didn't talk to us. He really knew what persecution was. The last truth that I want to give you is one of the most powerful truths in the Word of God. And it says, because we are made in His image, and this is the way God did it, and now we can do it. It's the same spirit of faith which caused God to speak the world into existence and turn darkness into light, now is in you. Amen. There's a book out that says there's a miracle in your mouth. It's true. There's also death in your mouth. And the choice is up to you. See, God spoke this world into existence from darkness to light. But you know what else He did? He spoke me into existence. He brought me out of darkness as a little boy into light. And now He has given us the privilege of this ministry to do the very same thing. With our words, we can go out into this community and we can talk about the love of God. We can talk about the hope of Jesus. 
we can talk about how God will take your life and change it um, remarkably and take brokenness and make heal and bring a healing into your life. It's wonderful, right? And we have been giving that. So <clears throat> I encourage you, watch your words. Another thing that I had to do is I stood on that front row as I had to repent for some of the things that I had said this week. Just, if you're not careful, death comes out of your mouth. It's like, if you go into autopilot, you're going to go into the death mode. I don't know any other way to say it. It's the human nature is to speak death. But the spiritual nature, which is God in you, is to use our words and speak life. And so, what if this amount of people begin to speak life over Paris? Begin to speak life over this county. That this city will be a city of transformation. That people will be saved. Instead of saying stuff like this, Well, I'm not going out with that church. Ain't nobody listening. Quite honestly, I could say the same thing about you. Well, I'm not going to preach today. They ain't listening to me. Glory to God. (laughs) But it ain't about me. And it's not about my feelings. We walk by faith. And we speak things from heaven into being. Now, thank God we don't get everything we talk about. Either way, good or bad. Thank the Lord. That's called grace. But there is a power in our mouth. You have the life and death is in the tongue. They that eat of it will will, will have its reward. Jesus, our God, actually told them, choose life. So watch your words so that we can speak life. I mean, if you're here to be baptized today, you can go ahead and go back now and... and um, Change your clothes and we'll go into that baptismal service. The last point I want to say is, he says, don't be discouraged. It's one of the most effective tools that Satan has in his tool bag is the tool of discouragement. And when you see someone that seems to be doing well and you think, boy... Look at them. They are really going to town in the, in the gospel. They're going to town with what Jesus... Discouragement's on its way. And oftentimes, it comes from other believers. And we've got to be careful about that. Don't rain on other people's parade. And don't squash other people's dreams. So if Brother David comes to me and he says, I believe God's called me to, to, to have a circus. <laughs> I may think he's loony as can be, but I'm just going to say, God bless you, brother. <laughs> you go get you a monkey. and a <laughs> You know, maybe that really is what God is calling him to do. Maybe God is saying, I want to raise up some fun events that I can be glorified in. That's going to draw a world and then hear the gospel. Now, in my, in my mind, I'm like thinking, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. You get what I'm saying? Maybe, I think, I think in this last day, God is trying to step out of our religious box and do some things that are totally different.
so that we can reach this world. Amen. Would you stand with me? Would you close your eyes? Bow your head. And let us realize that maybe everybody in this room is not even born again. You might not have started your journey with Jesus. And we certainly want to give you opportunity to ask the Lord to forgive you and to come into your heart. Cleanse you and put that light of Jesus inside of you. Put that treasure that He has Put it inside of you that you can go out and glorify God in all that you do. So every head's bowed, every eye is closed. If you'd say, Pastor, I really don't know that I'm born again. Would you just raise your hand? I'd just like to lead you in a prayer of repentance so that we know that every person here is born again. Anyone at all. right then I believe that I was preaching to the church I believe I've been saying it's not about you folks it's about Christ in you so don't make it about you are you willing to let the light of Jesus shine through you if you are would you just raise your hand to the Lord just as a signal Lord count me in count me in in this last days whatever you're doing I want to be a part of it Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you right now. Lord, you see every hand that's raised. And Lord, I believe that those hands are saying, I say yes. Just like Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Father, all across this room, people are saying, I want to, I want to be the light of Christ. I want that, that treasure. I want that treasure to come out of me that would glorify Christ in this last day. I want to see people born again and saved and changed. I want to see the church become the church where we're not hiding in the building anymore, but we're leading this world to repentance and to life in Christ. So God, we say today from this, from this little building, Father, we say yes to the Holy Spirit. We say yes to the things that you are calling us to do. We may not know exactly what that looks like, and we may not have a lot of definition yet, but Lord, we're saying yes, count us in. We want to be a part of the end time revival that you are doing today. Father, hear our prayer today. And I pray right now that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and birth it in us, God. I pray, Lord, the protection of that seed that's been planted today, that Satan would not be allowed to steal that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would, if you'll be seated. In Romans chapter 6, the first four verses, it talks about um, baptism. Baptism does not save you. Salvation is from the Lord. It's not a work of action. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin any longer live in it? 
Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. And that, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Baptism is celebrating the death of Christ. The death and the resurrection. So when we put this person down into the water, it's, it's, a, it's symbolic of Jesus going into the tomb. He died. Well, you're saying that you're dying to yourself. But when we come up, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. The old man's going down. The new man's coming up, right? We're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We, you need to understand that. When we were in Africa, people were accepting Jesus right and left. You know who wasn't? It's the religious ones. It's those that were baptized when they were an infant. And they, they were everything they thought. Was, it's all about that baptism. Baptism is after you've accepted Jesus. After you've said yes to Him, then you're identifying with Christ. And it needs to be public. You're telling the world, I'm a new man, I'm a new creature in Christ. Amen. We have several treatments. Would you read these names out? And I made... I tell you what, if you're here to be baptized, if you want to come and just sit on the front row, and I've asked, we're going to start with our youngest one, Braxton, and Beth is his grandmother, and she's going to come up and be a part of this. And we are proud of this young man, and um, we're also pleased that our children's church and our youth ministry are um, are not babysitting they're telling the story of christ and this is and he heard about jesus in children's church and so um is that right no danny danny, danny? wow that's wonderful Amen. So you heard Denny preach and got saved. That's a miracle, brother. <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. And um, so, Braxton, have you accepted Jesus in your heart? Plan on living for Him the rest of your life? Amen. Step into this. And I'm going to ask your grandma if she will go ahead and have a seat. And I'm going to ask you if you'll just dunk him as I speak over him. Okay? Yes. Go ahead and have a seat. All right. Aren't you proud? Do you do you realize what could potentially happen in an eight-year-old? Amen. This little guy could change the world. Amen. So um, you can take his nose and stuff. So I baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Would you step into my office? There's some there's some towels. Oh, you got a towel? All right. Oh, here she is. Keep your eye on this one. Amen. Who's next? Nathan, you want to be next? Uh, I don't have an order. Nathan, are you going to be baptized? Come on up, buddy.
guy? I may, he may baptize himself. I'm not for sure. <laughs> All right, Nathan, have you asked Jesus in your heart? Plan on living for him the rest of your life? Amen. God's going to do Well, there we go. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Woo! Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Talk like an auctioneer. <laughs> Amen. Mackenzie. Amen. Somebody want to help me with the towel and just clean up a little of this. We don't want, I don't want anybody falling. So, Amen. Do you want to testify at all? Say, no, not really. <laughs> okay, Mackenzie, um, this church has got to know you and really loves you. And so we see what God is doing in your life. And so you've accepted Christ in your heart and you plan on living for Him the rest of your life. Amen. Okay, I baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. Liza, okay. Mom, did you want to get a little closer? How old are you, Liza? You're eight years old also. Did you accept Jesus when Denny was preaching? No. <laughs> did you accept Jesus in, the, in children's church? So you're now born again? Plan on living for Christ all the days of your life? Um, amen. This is Lindsay's daughter. And so, and your dad's here too. Did you want to get a little closer? You're all right. Okay. All right. I baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Marquita. Oh. <laughs> she told me I could just call her Q. Yes, <laughs> Amen. Stand up for just a second. You've already shared a testimony, but how long have you been saved? Um, I've been saved recently um, when I went to Ashes of Beauty. Is that right? uh, it, it opened up my eyes to things that I needed to do in my life to forgive the people who hurt me in the past. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. So you have accepted Christ in your heart, yes. asking to forgive your sins. Yes. You've also forgiven others. Yes. Amen. That's wonderful. You plan on living for Jesus all the days of your life. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Amen. Okay. I baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Did I not give you a warning? <laughs> Some things are best unexpected. <laughs> Amen. Who's next? Lana, you want to be next? Lana Brown. This is another one that we have watched for many years. When did when did you ask Jesus in your heart? Do you remember? A while ago, amen. Probably in children's church, yeah. amen. Praise the Lord. So you, you know for a fact that you're born again. You're on your way to heaven, amen. You plan on living for Jesus all the days of your life, amen. Okay, Johnny or anybody, did you want to help 
this way? Oh, you're you're up there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dylan, I think I've saved you for last. Who? Jaylee, that's right. Jaylee won. Is she here? I haven't seen her today. Okay. Dylan, you want to come on up? And let's talk for a second. Dylan didn't get saved because he heard Denny speak. <laughs> Dylan got saved because he knew that God was dealing with him. He got saved at home. I love that story. He was going to come up and talk to me, but he decided, no, this needs to be done right now. And so I think you went into your bedroom. I'm giving your testimony. <laughs> he went into his bedroom and asked Jesus to forgive him of his sins, come into his heart. And so I'm excited about this young man. And uh, he's had a lot of challenges physically in his body. And we're just believing God is going to raise up a powerful man in you. Amen. You, you want to say anything? You're good. I, I talk too much sometimes. All right. Okay. You want to hold your nose? Okay. I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Oh. Amen. Amen. Where is Denny, by the way? There you are. Come on up, brother, and finish this out. That was everyone, wasn't it? That was all that I had down. Amen. Folks, I love the fact that we're baptizing a lot of people. That's a, that's a great sign. Amen.